This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sonoro. No. In my family, we have never been believers in the paranormal. Well, we did believe, but we never lived in fear over the possibility of encountering something supernatural. I suppose most of us fit into that spectrum. At least most of us who listen to channels like this one. We know there is something out there that cannot be scientifically explained, but we don't live in fear of the dark. However, I have always had a certain repulsion towards witches, towards the satanic. I suppose because at some point in my childhood, I heard the story of my grandmother, of how back in her village, she had to rescue a poor young woman from the clutches of the devil and the witches who came down from the hills after her family sought help and the church would not provide it. Yes, that was probably it. That's why that evening, when I was home alone, my stomach turned when I heard those knocks on our front gate. That's why when I looked out, my legs gave out from under me and I fell. When I saw at our front door a woman dressed in black with very white hair, standing in front of our house, calling out to us. I don't know how absurd this might sound, but for weeks my house had been experiencing paranormal manifestations at practically every hour. But for some reason, this woman in the street terrified me in a way nothing else had before. It was as if I remembered her. Maybe someone has had a similar experience. Getting to know someone through a story. Forming such a detailed image in your imagination that eventually it perfectly matches someone you come across in real life. And I didn't think this was a coincidence. Or some poor woman who simply resembled her. It was her. I had no doubt. I could feel it. The woman at the door was that witch from my grandmother's tales. As best I could, I stood back up and peeked out the window. I watched her there, 
one hand on the gate, snooping around as if trying to see inside, to guess who was home. She tried the handle, but it was padlocked shut for some odd reason, as we usually left it unlocked. But I thanked God that on this occasion, that had not been the case. She kept walking along the sidewalk, and once out of view I ran for the phone to call my mother, to tell her to hurry back, that there was a strange woman outside our house. The first cordless phone I found was out of battery so I had to race upstairs for the other one. No dial tone, just static on the other end. And through the window facing the backyard I saw the woman again. She was already inside the yard. I glanced worriedly towards the back door only to find it was unlocked. I ran over, managing at the last minute to stop her just as she had the door partway open. She'd gotten it open some twenty centimeters, but I threw all my might against that door, determined not to let this creature enter. This was no apparition. Definitely a real person. I could smell her. A strange scent of soil and herbs. I could hear her breathing. This story will never be as terrifying as the moment itself, I can only say. Of everything that occurred during this ordeal. That moment. Feeling that woman on the other side of the door mere inches away. That was the most terrifying thing I lived through. Because I lost control. Because I blurted out. We don't have it here. And I don't know why I said that. But once those words left my mouth, I knew what I was referring to. We don't have it here. My mom buried it outside the city in the woods. I kept talking. I even gave details about the location. Details I didn't consciously know. That I later learned my mom shared over the phone while I slept beside her. I don't know if my brain reacted defensively to save myself with stored information or if something, someone else, probed my mind. Yes, something forced me to divulge it. I stopped feeling the pressure on the door and managed to close it. I stood there frozen blocking the entrance a good twenty minutes more even though no one was outside anymore until I finally heard the gate clang again. This time it was my brother unlocking the padlock. He had finally come home. By then, he was always looking for any excuse to avoid being home. His room was impossible to inhabit. Something very odd happened every time we walked past. We'd suddenly hear someone inside. The door would abruptly open on its own and we'd catch a glimpse of the Harlequin's bells, hiding behind the bed. But the three of us would face it together, march in there, and turn on the lights only to find nothing unusual. Until, finally, one day, we locked the bedroom door and pushed a heavy piece of furniture against it. Still reluctant to sleep in our mom's room, my brother took over mine while I left her door open with the hallway light on. That was our new bleak reality. But everything, 
Everything that had started when we brought that relic into the house worsened following that woman's visit. Something definitely shook loose when we first carried in the crucifix. It was as if the house had abruptly awakened. As if those frightening things that scared us even then had always been there, dormant, only now suddenly stirred awake by some looming threat. But contrary to what my mother intended when she took it far away, hoping to protect us and anyone else, she had left us defenseless, unprotected in the face of whatever had been awakened. Sitting ducks, awaiting everything still arriving in the wake left behind by the artifact. One night I clearly felt a little hand touching my exposed foot. I remember in my sleepy state getting very scared thinking it was that damn puppet, so I quickly pulled back my foot jolt awake. And that's when we saw, and I say we, because my mom had awoken too, a young boy, maybe four years old, calmly walk out of the bedroom into the hallway. I felt my mom tightly squeeze my hand and before we could write it off as a dream, as our imagination, we heard that little sing-song voice drifting away down the hall. My brother came out asking who was in there and my mom started crying, saying no one. Of course, we all ran out in a rage, yelling for them to leave us in peace to go away. We headed downstairs, turning on all the lights, sprinkling the last drops of our holy water. Usually when we sprayed it around, the disturbances would settle and we could sleep again, but this time, this time it felt as if they had provoked us into using it. And when my brother tossed those last few drops, he turned to look at us. He knew he'd made a mistake. Something in my brother broke at that moment. My mom helped him upstairs to his room. He seemed to be having some sort of episode. His childhood terrors had resurfaced in this grown man. His blood pressure spiked. And while my mom attempted to calm him, I boiled water to make him the herbal tea we were instructed to have on hand. I heard a stealthy movement behind me over by the stairs, just outside my brother's room, like someone creeping around, trying not to be noticed. Even with the door shut tight and that heavy furniture still against it, I was terrified. As soon as the tea was ready, I raced past that door up the stairs. And I knew. I just knew that if we opened that door again this time, there would absolutely be something inside. I brought the tea to my mom and brother. He looked awful. My mom told me to check out the window. I won't ask you to believe what I saw next. I won't ask you believe any of this, really. I share this mostly with those very few, maybe one out of every hundred, every thousand even, who've had their own paranormal experience and know anything is possible. I also know there will be people hearing this who will mock me. But out there on the sidewalk across the street were three figures, three women, and I am absolutely certain one was that white-haired woman from before. Although in the darkness I couldn't clearly see, I was able to make out their hands moving. And then I heard their voices inside the house, 
in the room with us. This is what I believe they said, and I say that because it wasn't the last time I heard it. I even dreamt it after waking up desperately trying to piece together the words and make sense of them. It's Latin, and I made the mistake of repeating it aloud again. I will share with you all. If you believe in this sort of thing even slightly, or are at all susceptible, please do not read the following out loud. If listening, please skip ahead a few seconds. If skeptical, you'll have no issue hearing what comes next. In tenebris, non invenite, interpater, manducare, et mani de lobiscum, a eternum, in tenebris, manducare, intrat, pater. The women walked down along the sidewalk, disappearing from view. Downstairs, I heard that heavy piece of furniture scraping across the floor away from my brother's bedroom door at the base of the stairs. We knew we couldn't stay. We helped my brother out and heat it down. His bedroom door now swung wide open, but we marched past without looking back. And I searched for mom's car keys, somewhere in the living room as she could barely hold my brother upright. When I found them and shouted, my mom whispered, Don't turn around. Don't look back. I slowly made my way over to her. I felt a presence at my back. Something like eyes boring into me. We carefully exited. To this day, my mom has never told me what she saw. I don't even recall how or how we got there, but I awoke the next morning at my aunt and uncle's house. I had passed out on their couch, my brother deeply asleep beside me. My mom was on the phone with my aunt back in our village, who said she would try to help us but couldn't promise anything. Half an hour later, my aunt called back. We were quietly eating breakfast, still trembling, weak, as if we had just barely survived a fire or accident or something. Give me the exact address, she said to my mom. The priest is on his way there, for God's sake. I hope you know where you buried that thing. <laughs> 